Good evening, everyone. I have that it is seven o'clock, so it is time for us to begin our Wednesday evening Bible study. We are currently studying the book of Exodus. Uh, but before we begin, let us have a word of prayer. Our Father and our God in heaven, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Father, for the blessings in life that we have. We thank you, Father, for your loving kindness, your grace, your mercy, your provision. We thank you, Father, that even in the light of the present circumstances that you have uh, provided us with the things needed, not just to exist, but to enjoy life. And Father, we are grateful for the privilege that is ours to uh, gather together through the technology this evening to study from your word. We ask, O oh God, your blessings upon us. Uh, that the things that you speak to us through your word will enable us and equip us to live lives to your praise, honor, and glory. Father, we thank you for Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, for his example, uh, for the life that he lived, for his sacrifice. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the privilege that is ours to be called your children. And Father, at this time, there are so many that have submitted prayer requests, uh, those who have been uh, touched uh, by uh, the coronavirus and uh, those who are dealing with other issues in life. And we pray, Father, that you would bless them, each one, according to their need, but above all things, according to your will. Again, Father, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for the privilege that is ours to call your name in prayer. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord, we do pray and ask all things. Amen. Let me say good evening again. Uh, I want to give you just an FYI. Uh, the previous two Wednesdays, we were able to meet at the building uh, to uh, provide this broadcast. Uh, as the situation evolves, uh, steps need to be taken, and I am grateful I get a chance to see uh, from a more direct point of view than many of you uh, how God has blessed us with brethren who are able to uh, answer uh, the challenges that have pr been presented. Uh, this evening, we are, none of us, and by that I mean the brethren who are working to make this broadcast, uh, none of us are in the same place. I am at home, and as far as I know, each of these brethren are at home. Uh, now, now, this is the first time that we've done this, and so you may notice at some points uh, a pause or what may seem like a slight delay uh, in the action. Uh, this is because uh, this is brand new for many of us. I know it is brand new for me. Uh, I've never had uh, uh, the opportunity, uh, we'll say, uh, to work with people that I can't see. Uh, I'm just looking at a computer screen. Uh, now, having said that, I have been told uh, if someone submits a question, it should pop up uh, so that I will be able to see it. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you again to be concise if you have questions. Uh, that's going to be something else that I need to try to pay attention to. Uh, but this is already, as I mentioned, uh, a new experience. And so uh, if I miss it, let me apologize uh, before we began. Uh, my attention is going to be uh, trying to make uh, this thing as seamless uh, as we can. Uh, but again, I am very thankful uh, that God has blessed us uh, not just with the technology, but with brethren who are willing and able uh, to make such a positive use of it. Having said that, I have my spot mark that on last Wednesday, we concluded by looking at uh, two of the three so what's from chapter five. Uh, the first one, and let me see, I think, oh, uh, first one, who is the Lord? Uh, we talked about that on last Wednesday. The second uh, was discouraged messengers. Uh, I want to say a word about that. And speaking with one of our brethren uh, from another congregation on yesterday, uh, he indicated that in his experience, what people are really looking for, uh, not just in this present crisis, but in life in general, is that people are looking for hope. Uh, and isn't it appropriate then that if people are looking for hope, that the gospel of Christ Jesus is in fact a message of hope? Uh, 
the life that is lived in Christ Jesus is one of hope. And so again, this is a very uh, opportune time for us to share the good news of Christ Jesus and to let people see uh, through our living and here by our words uh, that even in the light of COVID-19, it hasn't changed uh, our outlook on the big picture. Uh, Maybe it has changed with the social distancing, how we are able to uh, uh, conduct our activities during the day, Uh, but God is still, God still reigns in the kingdom of men. Jesus is still Lord and heaven is still a prepared place for prepared people. And so praise God that we have a message of hope in a time when so many are looking for hope. Our third so what from chapter five then is staying the course. Uh, When you look at chapter five, uh, Moses goes into Pharaoh, relays God's message. Uh, Pharaoh uh, summarily rejects his message and actually Uh, increases the burden uh, of Israel. And so it looks like things are not working. Uh, But if you've been reading along in the Exodus account, God actually told Moses uh, before he went uh, that this is how it was going to play out. So circumstances may seem to indicate failure. uh, As with Moses' uh, initial request to Pharaoh, and I wanna be careful to stress, seem to indicate failure. It was working just as God said it would. Uh, Whether or not we are able to appreciate all the details, all the workings at any given time in our living, uh, it is critical for us to remember that we must be faithful to the end. Uh, You remember the word in Revelation 2 verse 10, uh, there we are called to be faithful unto death. Uh, what the Lord is saying to us is that we ought to be faithful to him, even if it means giving up our lives. And so we want to be faithful to what God has called us to do and not be uh, discouraged or dissuaded uh, by circumstance, circumstances, uh, because circumstances can be terribly uh, misleading. Having said that, that brings us uh, to the conclusion of what we have for chapter five. We will be moving then into chapter six. Uh, As we move into chapter six, uh, as God had told Moses, uh, Pharaoh refused to let Israel go. Uh, The people complained to Moses and Moses carried their complaint to the Lord. Uh, And God effectively, uh, starting here in chapter six, restates to Moses what he has previously said. And the question could well be asked, why is God allowing things uh, uh, to go this way? Uh, And it's critical that we remember that God is doing more than delivering Israel. Uh, Certainly the fact that God wanted Israel and the Egyptians to know that he is the Lord played a part in how how God chooses uh, to work in or chose to work in all of that. Uh, And in a like manner, uh, God may be working in our world today uh, the way that he is because he's dealing with more than we can see. It it is very appropriate uh, that God calls himself our father and we are his children. Uh, Those of us who are parents, I I would venture that many of you, your experience is like mine. Uh, As a kid, I really didn't appreciate a lot of the things that my mother did. Uh, They didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, But when I became a parent, and and as I grew older, not only did many of the things that she did begin to make sense to me, I, in fact, began to uh, do many of those things uh, with my family. And and so the key uh, for us is to trust God's faithfulness. Uh, even if we may not understand uh, what he's doing or why he's working things out the way that he is. Uh, So we want to uh, read the text there. I'm going to uh, read, as you see on the screen, uh, verses 1 through 8. So Exodus chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for under compulsion he will let them go, and under compulsion he will drive them out of his land. God's kind of uh, reminding Moses, this 
thing, it, it, there's no surprise here. It has been going exactly the way uh, that I knew it would. Uh, you notice what he says, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Uh, this has been the plan all along. Uh, I just needed Pharaoh to respond uh, so that he, so that Egypt, so that you all would understand uh, that I am the Lord. Uh, so verse two, God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Uh, I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned, Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. And it's interesting that we uh, observe, uh, or when we observe, how God is dealing uh, with Moses in particular at this juncture. Uh, Moses needs to be strengthened so that he might be able to strengthen uh, the nation of Israel. A and God here uh, begins uh, not just with how things have been working, but he calls Moses' attention uh, to himself in particular. Uh, he says to Moses, by my name, Lord, uh, uh, God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Uh, the name that would appear if we were actually reading this in Hebrew, and you can see it on your screen, now be mindful of the fact uh, that the Hebrews would say that we read backwards, uh, Hebrew reads from right to left, uh, as opposed to how we read from left to right. Uh, the word that would appear in the uh, Hebrew text there is Yahweh, and the term that you will sometimes hear uh, associated with that is a tetragrammaton. Uh, now, this is not uh, a lesson in Hebrew grammar, uh, but here the Lord reveals in a fuller way, uh, 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 more than he had uh, at Horeb, uh, the implications of his covenant name, Yahweh. Now, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had come to know God as El Shaddai, uh, God Almighty. Names, especially uh, in Old Testament times, had important meanings. Uh, I think that's why Psalm 20, verse 7, uh, is so good for us to remember. Uh, you remember David says, there's some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Now, David wasn't saying we'll remember the term Yahweh. What David was saying is that we will remember God, his, his person, who he is, his character, his power. Uh, his name stands for all of those things. So when we look at this, now, the patriarchs knew the name Yahweh. Uh, it appears repeatedly in the Genesis account. Uh, but the full implications uh, of this name were not spelled out. It, Yahweh is the covenant-keeping or redemptive name of God. And so here, God is presenting himself to his people as the eternally existent one. And it was through God's deliverance from Egypt uh, and the wilderness wanderings that they would begin to know the implications uh, uh, of this name. So God says, uh, when you need encouragement, what you really need to do is remember me. And, and again, as we deal with uh, life, uh, and this was even before uh, COVID-19, uh, what we need to do is we need to remember God. Uh, and like David said, people are trusting in all kinds of things, 
But we need to remember the name of the Lord, uh, our God. Uh, and so certainly this was needed by Moses uh, in terms of what uh, he was facing at this particular time. Uh, so when we look further there at the text in chapter 6, at verse number 9, so Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. I heard years ago, uh, one of our brethren preach a sermon, don't let the downs get you down. Uh, and you know, that's what the downs can do. The downs can get you down. And uh, here it is said that the Israelites, uh, because of their despondency, uh, you can imagine Moses comes in, he works some miracles. He says that God has seen uh, their sufferings and God has sent him to deliver them. Well, the Israelites are not thinking in terms of God needing to uh, uh, God working through this thing to accomplish other purposes as well. Uh, the Israelites have been in slavery over 400 years. They are ready to go. And when this thing doesn't work out right out of the gate, uh, they're, they're, they're disappointed. Uh, uh, they are uh, uh, discouraged by the way that this thing has uh, played out thus far. And Pharaoh has increased uh, their bondage. So in verse number 10, now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But Moses spoke before the Lord saying, behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled in speech. Uh, Moses said, well, number one, my own people won't even listen to me. Why, why would Pharaoh uh, and then he, I'm not going to say reminds or says to God again, I am unskilled in speech. You remember Moses had said this uh, on his first encounter with God as one of the reasons uh, that he was not suited uh, to be the deliverer that God was going to use. And ironically, the very excuse that Moses attempts to use again is one of the very things that will work to God's glory. Uh, Moses, I, I don't need a, a great orator or, or an impressive figure. I, I want people to understand that I am the one at, at work here. You are my vessel. Reminds me very much of what the Apostle Paul says, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse number 7, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Uh, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And so Paul is saying that God has placed the gospel of Christ Jesus, the, the great message that it is, and he uses us uh, to teach that message. Uh, so in that, it's not us. People are not saved because we are who we are. Uh, the power is in the gospel, but God uses us. And that's deliberate because God wants all of us to understand that he is the power, that this thing is working according to his will, and it is not uh, because of our doing. So in verse number 13, then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron and gave them a charge to the sons of Israel and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And appreciate, this is no small task. Uh, the first time that Moses stood before Pharaoh, uh, looking at it from a perspective other than appreciating that God is in control, things didn't go very well. And so not only was Pharaoh not interested in what Moses had to say, Pharaoh's in, uh, Pharaoh increased uh, the labor of the children of Israel. And you can imagine in a situation like this, if you're not careful, there are all kinds of things running through your mind. Uh, he didn't listen the first time, and he made their lot worse. If I go back a second time, uh, man, what's going to happen uh, in this case? Uh, but here Moses has to trust God. He, he has to believe that God is, in fact, Yahweh, uh, that he is uh, uh, the eternally existent one and that he, in fact, reigns in the kingdom uh, of man. And so moving on to verse 14, and I'm going to apologize uh, that the font size got smaller there. 
I am trying as we go to group uh, portions together to uh, preserve the context in as much as we can. Uh, and uh, I can be, uh, man, a little stubborn about that. Maybe I should have broken this up over two screens, but uh, be that as it may, starting at verse number 14, uh, these are the heads of their father's household. Uh, and then he goes on with a genealogy here. Uh, now, I'm not going to read uh, each one of these names. I'm going to follow the example of uh, Brother Dellinger. Uh, if Wayne, if you're listening, I'm going to use you uh, as a fall guy for this. Uh, you have a copy of the Bible, and you can read all of the names uh, that are there. Uh, you remember, uh, we were going through uh, Judges, I, I believe it was. No, not Judges. Uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah it was when Brother Dellinger was uh, teaching, and we ran into a portion uh, with a great deal of names. So I'm going to defer down uh, to verse number 25. Uh, Aaron's son Eleazar married one of the daughters of Pudiel, and she bore him Phineas. These are the heads of the father's households of the Levites according to their families. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt according, uh, let's see, Exodus 6, 14 through 27 is easy to read from the computer. Uh, okay, thank you uh, for that. Uh, I don't know how to make the computer read uh, so that I can listen. Uh, verse number 27. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. And so from verses 14 through 27, uh, the genealogy focuses attention uh, on the Israelites who were, who were to become uh, the priestly line, uh, when the Israelites uh, would start worshiping uh, first with the tabernacle and then in the temple. And so here this is recorded that this is, in fact, uh, the will of God and that all of these things are working according to God's plan. Uh, you know, it is a good thing uh, not to take uh, basics for granted. Uh, we want to know book, chapter, and verse why we do the things that we do and be persuaded that these things are, in fact, the will of God. Uh, one of the easy ways uh, to stray from what is right is to assume uh, that because they are basic, everyone knows them, which is a bad assumption. And it is also bad assumption on, uh, to assume that we will remember uh, if we do not revisit these things uh, on a regular basis. All right, so let us press on uh, here. Verse number 28. Now, it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord. And notice how God keeps reminding uh, who actually is in control. When you think about who God is, you can't help but uh, be reminded of the fact that God is in control. I am the Lord. Pharaoh may be in charge in Egypt, but I am the Lord, uh, and we're going to see just a little further down. Pharaoh is only in charge uh, to the extent that the will of God, uh, uh, that that agrees with the will of God. I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. Uh, and again, all that I speak to you. Moses, don't uh, amend the message. Uh, don't try to uh, placate Pharaoh. Uh, you tell him exactly what I told you. This is what the faithful messenger uh, of the Lord does. He simply repeats the message uh, from God. Verse number 30, but Moses said before the Lord, behold, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Uh, Moses is not going to let go of that easy. Uh, this is the third time that he's mentioned the fact that he is unskilled in speech. And you will remember uh, the first time God, one of the reasons God sent Aaron with him, we could even say the primary reason that God sent Aaron with him uh, was because Moses had stated that uh, when God appeared to him at Horeb. 
so Moses, uh, for the third time, says, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Uh, again, Moses, it's not even about you or Aaron doing the talking. Uh, this message comes from God. It has the full authority of God's power uh, behind it. Now, Pharaoh will listen, uh, not right away, uh, but he's going to be doing what God uh, wants done to fulfill his purpose all along. And so uh, Moses just needs to embrace. Uh, when God says, I am the Lord, uh, that is what Moses needs to be primarily uh, concerned with. This would get us through uh, the reading of chapter six, uh, just to highlight uh, what we have covered there. Uh, verses one, three, God's name and promise repeated. Uh, God says, I am the Lord. Moses, you need to remember who I am and that I am in control. And what I have said will surely come to pass because God is who he is. Uh, we would do well to remember that uh, in our world today. Uh, life happens and uh, you get some days of prosperity. You get some days of adversity. Uh, but God still reigns in the kingdom of men, and ultimately all things work according uh, to his purpose and must happen as he has decreed. Missing what's happening, uh, verses 9 through uh, 13, uh, we often miss what's happening because we focus more on circumstances than we do uh, on what God has said. Uh, now, if you just focus on the circumstance, well, what has happened is that Moses has come down and messed up things for everybody. Uh, Pharaoh has not let them go three days. He certainly is not entertaining the idea of letting them go altogether. Uh, and he has made their labor harder. Uh, but that's to miss what is happening. Uh, these things are in direct agreement with what God is working towards in terms of revealing himself and making himself known, uh, not just to uh, the Israelites and not just to the Egyptians, but to the world. And, and we need to remember as we go through life, uh, life is not about the things that we see. Uh, right now, life is not about COVID-19. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to ignore it or act like uh, everything is just fine. Uh, but remember, God is working on a much higher level than we are able to appreciate. Quite often, if we understand what God is doing at all, it is in retrospect. Uh, and certainly we could uh, say some things about what we believe God to be doing uh, right now. Uh, certainly a circumstance like this is an attention getter. Uh, it would seem that through man's history, uh, that crisis and trouble have made us uh, a little more open, a little more amenable to hearing uh, what the Lord has to say. Uh, but we would do well to remember uh, God is God and God is God alone. And so he doesn't need any help from us to be God. Uh, what God requires of us is to be obedient to his commands and to be faithful to him as our father. Uh, so whether or not we understand what's happening, we know what God calls us to do. And this is our lot in life. Uh, Solomon stated it well, uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. You can look at it from whatever angle you want to, uh, but fear the Lord and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty. Uh, of man. And so whether or not Moses understood uh, everything that God was going to do, what he did know is that God is the Lord, and he knew what God was calling him to do and to say to Pharaoh. And then we have uh, Moses and Aaron's genealogy. Uh, there are quite a few uh, genealogies uh, in the Old Testament in particular uh, Matthew's account of the gospel and Luke's account both have genealogies there concerning uh, Jesus. Uh, maybe not as big with us today as it was back then, uh, but certainly one of the things that this shows us is how God has worked uh, throughout time uh, 
and caused things to come to pass, even as he had said, uh, you know, long before uh, these things would actually uh, uh, come to fruition. Uh, so certainly they are faith affirmers uh, when we have these genealogies. And then uh, in verses 28 and 30, we have God's command. Uh, it is interesting, uh, not just Moses, uh, Jonah certainly comes to mind, uh, and, and there are others. Uh, but whenever man has had some trepidation, taken some exception to what God has said, the word of God comes back again and, and says uh, what it had said in the first place. Uh, we take Jonah's example. You remember God told him, go to Nineveh. Jonah runs off in the other direction. Uh, God sends him a storm of correction. Uh, and then the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and it says, go to Nineveh. Uh, God doesn't change uh, his uh, word or what he's doing to suit our particular case. This brings us then to the so what's for chapter six. Uh, and the first of these is strengthened by God. Uh, there is no doubt when we read this that Moses needed strengthening uh, after the events of chapter 5 and really throughout uh, the time that he led Israel. God strengthened Moses uh, by his uh, reminding him of his name uh, and reaffirming uh, his promise. And from this, we learn that it is our faith in God that allows him to strengthen us. God is not going to change things. Uh, I I'm, I'm, wouldn't be surprised if there's someone out there who says, if God does away with COVID-19, I'll believe. Uh, God just chooses not to work that way. He, he's not going to put us in the driver's seat to dictate uh, how life is going to go or what is in our best interest. Uh, I, I don't doubt uh, at all, why the Hebrew writer declares, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Uh, God requires us to trust his faithfulness, to trust who he is. And this is the way that God works with us. And, and at that, he condescends to work with us. Remember, we are dust. And so God is not gaining anything by dealing with us, but we are strengthened when we place our hope, our trust in God, what he has said. And what this means is that sometimes we have to embrace uh, that there are going to be some bumps in the road. Uh, it's not going to be smooth sailing. Uh, it's not, every day is not going to be a day of sunshine, a day of prosperity. There are going to be days of adversity. There's going to be some rain. Uh, but all of these things happen according uh, to the will of God. And when we go through our adversities, if we will turn to God's word, turn to God's person, uh, surely we will be strengthened by these things. Uh, but remember, this is a faith walk. The second uh, so what from chapter six is God's way of dealing with disappointment uh, or discouragement. Uh, things were looking bleak at the end of chapter 5. Again, if you look from the perspective of what men can see, uh, it is likely that we all have had similar moments in our living. I, I would dare say that all of us know something about uh, disappointment and discouragement, whether it was because of the loss of a job, uh, a missed opportunity, uh, my life is not where I had hoped it would be, you know, uh, I'm sure all of us uh, coming up that we've had uh, aspirations and dreams and life doesn't, doesn't play out the way we think it will uh, all the time. Uh, God didn't rebuke Moses uh, when you look at how he dealt with him, but neither did God pet him up. And I, I hope you know what I mean by that expression, pet him up. Uh, you ever seen, I, I, I deal with this all the time now that I'm a grandparent, uh, especially with my granddaughter. Uh, sometimes she is corrected uh, by her parents, and what she wants to do is run to Pop-Pop. Uh, and, of course, she'll throw those sad cow eyes on me, and I'll pick her up and hold her and tell her everything's going to be all right. Uh, that's petting up. Uh, and what God did not do to Moses is he did not pet him up. 
uh, Moses, you are going to go to Pharaoh. You are going to tell him exactly what I told you to tell him. Uh, and he's not going to let the people go initially. Uh, he's not going to let the people go until he feels compelled, until he realizes that he is up against a greater power than himself. So he reminded Moses uh, to trust in him and reassured Moses uh, that he would be successful in the work to which he had been called. Uh, we need those reminders. Uh, when we look at uh, the work of the kingdom, uh, you know, we, we don't always get the results. I, I don't know that I've ever seen in my lifetime the results that they got in Acts where people were baptized by the thousands. Uh, now, I don't think that's entirely because people are so much more hard-hearted in our world today. Uh, I, I think uh, the principle of uh, reaping as you sowed is in play there. They taught a great deal more. Uh, and it just stands to reason if you sow a lot more seed uh, that the harvest will be uh, all the larger. Uh, but nonetheless, we ought to be glad that we serve the God that we serve and that even when we are discouraged, even when we are disappointed, uh, that there is uh, the hope that we have in Christ Jesus that is able to sustain us uh, through our tough times. And then the third, uh, so what there from chapter six, uh, the names of God. Uh, and these names have great meaning and great significance. Uh, three are to be found here in chapter six. Uh, one is the Lord, uh, which is the term Yahweh. Uh, one, was, uh, one is God, uh, which is the term Elohim. Uh, and then the third is God Almighty, uh, which would be the term El Shaddai. Uh, and again, may we ever remember Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Uh, 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 our present circumstance in particular, uh, this COVID-19, uh, I pray that God blesses them to find uh, a cure, uh, helps us uh, to find a way to deal with this thing. Uh, but my hope, it resides in the fact that God is God and that he is God all by himself. I'm, I'm thankful for the people that he chooses to use, uh, but I'm glad that ultimately our well-being resides in the power, the love, and the grace uh, of God. And so this then would move us on to chapter 7. Uh, I, I don't know if you can tell uh, just from listening, but I've been hustling trying to get to uh, the 10 plagues. Uh, there is just a wealth uh, of things to be gleaned from that. We won't be able to get them all, number one, because I'm sure uh, I haven't even appreciated everything that can be gleaned from them. Uh, but nonetheless, let us head into chapter 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I make you as God to Pharaoh. And again, you see God at work here. When he says, I make you as God to Pharaoh, you're going to tell Pharaoh what to do. And he's going to listen. Not at first, but ultimately he is. And your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Aaron is going to be the sp spokesperson. Uh, verse two, you shall speak all that I command you. And your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and we are going to talk about that in just a moment. I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. See, God lets us know there in verse 3 that this is about more than just uh, getting the Israelites out of slavery. Uh, verse 4, when Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my host, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. See, I don't just want Israel to know it. I want you all to know it. And God is going to say, I want the whole world to know it. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. 
So Moses and Aaron did it as the Lord commanded them, thus they did. That's called obedience. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Now, when we talk about God hardening Pharaoh's heart, uh, God did not make Pharaoh a pawn who had no say in the divine plan. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that God, who is able to know the hearts of men, so we are told Jeremiah 17.10, that God took a man that wasn't going to listen and used him after his purposes. God used Pharaoh as much as he used Moses. It was just uh, their difference in their willingness to submit and obey as to how God was able to use them. Uh, but he used both of them. Uh, while the Bible indicates that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it is also stated, uh, and we'll see this as we move through uh, uh, the Exodus account, that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And so what God did, again, let me uh, be crystal clear about this thing. God took a man who he could see was not going to listen, and God says, since you're not going to listen, then I'm going to use you uh, according to uh, the person that you are. Uh, in Exodus 8, verse number 15, but when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Uh, I think the Bible states clearly there that Pharaoh was uh, a stubborn individual who was going to resist God at every turn, and God can use people like that. He just uses them in a different way. Uh, in Romans 1, verse number 28, uh, we are told by the Apostle Paul, and of course I jump in uh, a much larger argument, uh, but verse 28, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. And if you read Romans chapter one, uh, uh, all of the chapter there, but in particular, verse number 28, it is restating or stating rather what we have said concerning Pharaoh. God can use anybody. It's not just people that will obey that he can use. Uh, he can use uh, the stubborn sinner as well. Uh, he just uses the saint in a different manner than he uses uh, the sinner. I have a third reference for you to consider here. Romans 9, verse 17. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I raised you up. See, God is saying, I put you on the throne, Pharaoh. Uh, and may we ever appreciate that whatever we achieve in life, let us not become so big-headed or high-minded as to think that we achieve because of me. Uh, we achieve because there is a God in heaven who allows it to be so. There is a God who has blessed us with uh, abilities. There is a God who has blessed us with opportunity. Uh, there is a God who has so worked in this world that we are able to be where we are. Uh, it was Paul who spoke, spoke a word of thankfulness, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Uh, so Romans 9, 17, for the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I raised you up. You see what God is saying? I needed somebody stubborn who was not going to listen to be king of Egypt so that I could let the world know that I am the Lord. It is a very sobering thought uh, when you stop and think about that. God will use me but how he will use me is based on the person that I show myself to be. God will not make me do anything uh, against uh, my will. Uh, so if I will submit, he can use me in a positive way. But if I will resist, he can still use me, uh, much like he did Pharaoh. For this very purpose, I raised you up to demonstrate my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. And I think it's clear there uh, from what we are told in Romans 9, 17, that this thing was much larger than just getting the Israelites out of slavery. Uh, that was one of the purposes to which God was working. But there were so many other things going on uh, as well. 
And so God worked the way that he worked because he was working on multiple levels. Uh, we don't always uh, understand or are not always aware of all the levels that God is working on, but may we ever trust God's faithfulness. Uh, God is not only worthy to be praised, God is worthy to be trusted. And, and so whatever circumstances may uh, be saying, I need to trust that God is faithful, that he knows what he's doing, and thank God that even though he doesn't need my help, he chooses to be gracious and merciful uh, to me. Okay, all right. Uh, and I apologize if you hear me, sometimes a, a note will pop up of something that I need to be uh, aware of. As I mentioned, we are all working uh, from different locations. And so it's not like the brother can get my attention, you know, visibly get my attention and whisper something to me. He has to send uh, a message through the computers and it pops up uh, so that I can see it. Uh, again, apologies for when we have uh, that lack of continuity there. Uh, let's read. Uh, I think we are running close on time to, I've got four minutes, uh, include, uh, according to, uh, uh, no worries, my brother. Uh, I've got four minutes according to, uh, consumer cellular. Uh, that's my phone carrier. I'm using my phone to keep uh, track of time. Uh, that will give us certainly time to read, uh, verses eight through 13. Uh, it's usually my commentary that takes longer uh, than the reading of the text. Uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse 8. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Work a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and thus they did just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did, did the same with their secret arts. For each one threw down his staff, and they turned into serpents, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs, yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them uh, as the Lord had said. Uh, there is so much here uh, in, in this short text uh, to address. Uh, one of the things uh, that you notice, God here has already given Pharaoh reason to believe. Uh, Aaron's rod uh, becomes a serpent. Uh, the magicians of Egypt are somehow able to imitate this, uh, but the Bible text makes it clear uh, they did not work a miracle. Uh, what they did was no more real than magicians of our time. Uh, you know, the sleight of hand and, and all of that. Uh, uh, I have seen what are called magic tricks, uh, seen a fellow supposedly make the Statue of Liberty disappear, uh, which I know he really didn't do. I don't think there's any way our government would have stood for that. Uh, people make coins disappear and all these kinds of things. I, I don't necessarily have to be able to explain how they did what they did to know what they did not do. And what I do know is that nobody can do what God does. And so uh, they were able to make it look like uh, their rods turned into serpents. Uh, but I like uh, the end of verse 12, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Uh, now, who do you think was the real power there? Uh, who snake ate who? Uh, I think that is a clear testament to the fact that God is in control. And, and notice verse 13, yet Pharaoh's heart, was, in spite of this, uh, Pharaoh did not listen to them. And what's very important there is as the Lord had said. Uh, this is going exactly the way God has said it would uh, because God is at work on a number of levels. And this is about more than just getting uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. 
Our time uh, for this session is concluded. I am going to mark that I still have a few comments to make uh, about verses 8 through 13. Uh, so I'm going to mark that we are still there in that portion of chapter 7. And Lord willing, we will uh, continue there on next Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to uh, say a word of prayer, and then there will be, uh, I'm sure it's just as if we were coming together on Wednesday and we're all at the building, uh, there's going to be uh, a brief pause uh, while our brethren work behind the scenes uh, to allow others to uh, have some fellowship uh, in this effort. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, Father, again, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for being the God that you are. And Father, we thank you uh, that you are able to bring us peace and comfort and hope because you are the God that you are. Father, may we read your word and be convinced uh, of these things, and may we walk by faith and live lives uh, free from worry. And uh, Father, may we learn uh, to take comfort in the fact that you reign in the kingdom of men. Father, we are so thankful uh, just for your loving kindness, your grace, your mercy. Uh, Father, we thank you for the way that you are blessing us uh, through this present ordeal. We thank you, Father, for the way that you blessed us all the days of our living. We pray, Father, that you would bless us to live lives that would bring glory to you, uh, that we would be faithful servants, faithful stewards, uh, faithful children in your service, and that in all things your name would be praised. Father, we thank you again for Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who makes all of this possible. And in his name we do pray. Amen.